going on, everyone? Welcome back to The Stakes is High. I'm your host, Jones. Uh, welcome to the new listeners. Uh, I want to give special uh, uh, shout out to everyone that's been listening recently. All the reviews have been great. I want to give a special thanks to uh, Talia, Trina, Titus, and TC for Why Do Men Cheat Part 2. I got great reviews from that. A lot of listens. I, um, like I said, I... It was it was great doing that, you know, just sticking on the uh, relationships on why do men cheat? Obviously, like I said in the end of the episode, that there was not one answer to that, but it was a great dialogue to have. Please, I uh, want you follow the podcast and also like it because that will give you the updates on uh, all the new shows that I have going on. I want to go ahead and um, get started with this next episode. I uh, have a good friend here of mine. I'm kind of excited about doing this because I've been pulling his arm for uh, probably about two weeks now to get to do the show. He's been a little nervous about coming on, but um, he's I think he's going to do well. Very intelligent guy. Uh, I have my buddy here, Connor Shipley. What's going on, man? Hey, thanks a lot for having me. Um, thanks for finally uh no committing to doing the show. I think you, you can add a lot of input, man. Well, I appreciate it. Um, I'm pretty sure I'm going to be the sacrificial lamb here, but uh, <laughs> I'm going to step up to the plate and try to give it a shot. Well, you'll be all right. You'll be all right. We'll do it. We, we'll, I, we'll, you know, we'll have an intelligent conversation. Uh, today's episode, we are going to be discussing race. Um, I don't know if you guys can tell, but Connor is uh, a white male. Um, is that fair to say? Correct. <laughs> he is a very conservative Republican, right? That's right. Okay. And you're probably going to be voting for Donald Trump. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, he's he's my uh, number one choice. Okay. Number two choice is uh, Ben Carson. <laughs> All right. Um, and I'm probably, well, no, before I go into that, you're from small town uh, Indiana, right? Kind of a farm boy. Yes. All right, cool. Um and I'm probably your only black friend. Um, you're my <laughs> best black friend. Let's put it that way. You have others. <laughs> a couple. Uh, I got to see those guys. <laughs> All right. Um, like I said, we're going to be discussing race. Uh, a few of the questions that I just recently asked. I guess I'm just trying to set the tone on um, you guys understanding who he is. Because I think a lot of times where we're from and the way we've been raised, you know, it kind of shapes who we are. And it gives us, you know, it sets the culture that we understand and that we know. Uh, we've known each other now for, i say, a few years. Yeah, two or three years. Yeah, and I think we've uh, we've had our, we've agreed on a lot of things and we've disagreed on some things. And uh, I think we've been, have, we've been able to have educated conversations and educated debates, regardless if we agree to disagree or we just don't talk to each other for a couple hours. You agree <laughs> on that? Yeah, we're good, though. At the end of the day, everything's <laughs> yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. I think we just come together back as men and laugh it off after a couple hours. Um, well, let me let me just kind of ask a baseline question, I guess. Uh, are you racist? Oh, racist. Absolutely not. Okay. Um, <clears throat> let, me, let me go into that a little more. Um, to me, someone who is racist strictly dislikes or hates someone for... The color of their skin, for their uh, 
maybe their religion, maybe their ethnicity, whatever. You know, they hate them just for that reason. Uh, that's not the case with me. Um, you know, if I ever do decide to get married someday, I I may marry a black woman, Asian woman, white woman. I don't know. Whoa, 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 yeah, whoa, I'm serious. Whoa. Okay, I mean, let me ask you a question. <laughs> Have you ever been with a black woman? <laughs> no. <laughs> But I'm yeah, just saying, okay, you know, okay. I'm not eliminating that possibility. I'm uh, almost willing to bet a lot of money I will not see that wedding. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, okay. Yeah. Uh, I, I, but, the reason I asked that is because I think um, one of the things when we first met, and I can I can give this to the listeners, when we first met and uh, the rumor mill was going around that, you know, um, that he was a racist. And we were put in a situation to where we, um, you know, we had to become friends in a sense. I, I guess we didn't have to, but we were put in a position to where we had to, co- we, we, we had to coexist. We had to coexist. And um, so I sat down as a man. My first thing was, you know, hey, uh, l- let me talk to you. And I put it out on the table. Hey, this is the rumor. What's going on? And the answer he just gave is pretty much what he, you know, he gave me. And in fairness, you know, knowing him over this time, you know, these these few years, I have not, you know, witnessed anything racist. He's, you know, helped me out when I needed help, you know, and without hesitation. So I can say, you know, um, through just the friendship that we've had, I haven't, you know, witnessed any type of racism from him on my end. Yeah, I uh I would like to consider myself more of a realist, a straight shooter, call it like it is. I don't like to sugarcoat. Um, you know, if if I don't like you, I don't like you. And if you just happen to be black, well, that's just the way it is. And I think what happens is <clears throat> maybe the way they got started was I didn't care for an individual, and he happened to be black, and I think he took that as I was racist, and that wasn't the case. Um, that's just, that's kinda, just how he perceived it. Kind of started a rumor mill. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to be fake and act like I like you. If I don't like you, I don't like you. If I if I do like you, I li- I'll lie, cheat, and steal for you. You know. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, well, let's let's go ahead and let's let's jump in a little bit. I kind of want to ask a few questions because I, I, I what I want to know is I know you know you being from small town Indiana was what was your high school was it Did you have any blacks there Did you have black you know any blacks growing up you know, anything like that. Right. Uh, <clears throat> now, we, uh, yeah, I came from a uh, small high school, um, roughly 100 students in the senior class, graduating classes. Um, there was one uh, black male student at our high school out of the entire school. Uh, <clears throat> real good, real good individual, um, very intelligent, very good athlete. Uh, far as I know, he got along with everyone. He was a few years older than I was, um, you know, attended the proms and everything else. I mean, he was just, everyone liked him and, uh, fit in real well. Cool. Real clean cut, you know, just fit in real well. Gotcha. Well, and I guess the reason I asked that is just because once again, I'm just trying to, you know, get the listeners to understand, you know, where, you know, your upbringing and that's kind of what I, I want to tap into next. With you being from small town Indiana, not having a lot of blacks, of course, I'm sure not in your town. What was the perception that you had on blacks? Or because I feel like a lot of times when people are racist or people are, if they have any type of prejudice about it, it's passed down. 
So I know you being from small town, Indiana, I know that probably was a situation. I don't know if your father, how was you, how were you raised to perceive blacks, especially not being around, you know, the, the not knowing is basically now you just have to go off, you know, the stereotype. So how were you raised, you know, to perceive blacks? Well, as far as my personal upbringing, it was, it was pretty open, really. I mean, honestly, uh, I call them my second parents, but they were Mexicans. And, uh, you know, it was my second home. I graduated with their eldest or middle son, actually. And um, I was just very close to the family. So as far as my own personal upbringing, they, they were fairly open. Now, as far as uh, community and yeah, yeah, and, and, the, and the blacks, uh, yeah, I think, you, I think you hit the nail on the head. You know, we really don't didn't know i mean sure we've watched cops and we see the shows on prisons and we see the see the gang shows uh you know so if you base it on that you know uh of course you know back in the day we used to go cruising and we'd see the big fights and you know we'd see 10 black guys beating up on one white guy so you know our perception was probably not very positive it was probably more of a negative perception gotcha gotcha so uh, i you know with you i'm sure you're what about 36 right now? Uh, yeah, give or take. Okay. Um, so what I guess when when was there a point to where or was it me or who was it that made you say, you know, I don't know if all this. Well, well okay, before I go there, what are some of the ne- negative? What are some of the negative stereotypes that you that you have now of blacks? You mean me personally or just in no, general you, well, as a, as, I guess as a can, white male, you I know, guess, as a white person? I guess we can go with you personally, and then we can go into what you think some of the negative stereotypes are. Or you could say some of the negative stereotype negative stereotypes that whites have that you seem to agree with. Well, I think, uh, you know, one of the things that I see a lot is um, I, I think – well, you see, and it may be media, I don't know, but a, a lot of violent crimes. Um, a lot of uh, 80% of prisons are filled with blacks. Um, you know, I I don't know. I is mean, 80? 80% okay. of the prisons are filled with blacks. And why is that? You know, do you, do you have an answer well, why? I mean, I, I guess I was going to ask you, what do you, why do you think so? Oh, I mean, look, <laughs> you and I have had this discussion before, and I'm very conservative, first of all. Uh I'm going to side with the police 99.9% of the time. I think there was uh, – And he does. <laughs> yeah, co- cops are good guys. Who in the right mind would do that job unless your heart was into it and you were passionate about that? Um, you know, that, that's, a, that's a rough job, man. And anyways, so I, I think overall they're a bunch of good individuals. So my, my conclusion is, you know, they're in there because they've done something wrong to deserve to be in there. Every 99. Nine percent of the time, you think that's the case. Yes. Okay. So, do you not do you not think that there's um, uh, systematic racism? Like, you know, do you think that you you don't think that cops racial profile? You don't think any of that goes on in as far as in the you know in the police system and the police state? I don't know if it's as I guess you could call it racial profiling, possibly. But I also think that um, when anytime you're in any type of career, you know, there's certain things that you look for or you look at, you know, uh, and it may give you a better opportunity to uh, figure things out. And 
If you want to call it racial pro- profiling, fine. But before we go any further, um, I, I just want to <clears throat> tell you that I you asked me before, you know, what do I think? You know, do I judge people this and that? But yeah, yeah, we kind of got off. We went into the yeah. I, I just want to clear it up police. first. <clears throat> yeah, let's go back into. Well, let's, I, I, I I judge people's uh, character by their actions. Gotcha. Okay, that's what I do. Okay, you know, not the color of their skin, but by their actions. And I think that's one reason why you and I have hit it off so well because uh, you know you pretty much practice what you preach, and you don't tell me, you show me. So I get to see what you're about and not just hear what you're about. Okay, let me ask you a question then. If if, if you see me, you didn't know me, right? Mm-hmm. You seen me uh, leaving a gym, probably in a baggy sweatshirt, right? Um, probably got my hat on backwards, which I do at the gym, uh, some sweats. You know, which do you automatically get a perception of me when you see me in that state? If you didn't know me, I would say no, because if I'm going into the gym, obviously we have something in common. No, no, no. I mean, you see me, you see me in the store after the gym. Oh, no. I mean, we walked by each other. I'd probably look at you and nod and you probably nod back if you didn't. If you didn't acknowledge me, then, yeah, I probably think you're a prick. Gotcha. gotcha. (laughs) (laughs) So other than the jails and um, I think. What what are some of the other stereotypes that you seem that you that you I guess you may agree with or you don't understand that you seem to side with more when it comes to blacks? Um, I think they probably. I know one time we talked about uh, the fatherless homes. Yeah, it seems it seems like there's a lot of uh, black females out there with, with uh, several babies and there's no father in the picture. And you know that that's that's one. Um, High percentage of drug use. That's another one. Like I said, the violent crimes. That would be another one. Um, you know, those are some negatives. On, on the positive side, though, I just want to say I think blacks are freaking phenomenal athletes. You know, so that seems very racist right now. <laughs> well, no, it's that, that, <laughs> no. I got you. I got you. My thing <laughs> is, how could a compliment be a, be a racist <laughs> remark? You know, <laughs> they don't have. They're not fathers, but they're great athletes. <laughs> Well, I mean, I'm just saying. Hey, look, I, I told you I'm a straight. I'm no, just no, telling no. you what and I. And that's why I actually you know. come on because I knew right. you would be that way. Well, let's let's okay. Let's touch on a couple things. I want to go. I want I want to speak for my listeners because I know they're hearing this and they're like, "Why isn't he saying X, Y, and Z?" So I guess when we, when you start looking at the negative stereotype of um, uh, anything you say, I think that you can probably put any other race in the conversation with that. For example. Like I said, I think a lot of the times when you start looking at it, it's real deep when you start looking at the prison systems as far as, you know, black males being a high percentage. And I agree that is the case. That's something that we that needs to be worked on in the black community. But we cannot excuse systematic racism or even just racial profiling, because when you start doing that and you start having it's like almost the odds are against you, especially when you start looking at systematic profiling, like we talked before, crack cocaine and regular cocaine, just the charges being different and it's the same drug. So I think that's one. Um, And I think when you start looking at fatherless homes, I think that's just I think that's I think that single mothers are high in a case probably on all races. You know, I don't know the percentages as far as, you know, whites versus blacks. But you do see a lot of times studies are conducted. You see a lot of single, you know, mothers raising their kids. So, you know, I I guess those are things that we can 
I guess I don't have exact stats here, but I think in in fairness, I think we can say all races are having some of these issues, you know, as far as saying it, it's just blacks. But oh. I appreciate I, I mean, I most definitely appreciate you, you know, sharing, you know, your honesty there uh, overall in this whole podcast. I, I mean, I really glad I'm glad you came on. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I agree. I mean, every race has the problem. It just seems to be a little more prevalent. From, at least from a, a white perspective, gotcha. uh, you know, it, and it may actually not be. It just seems to be. I mean, come on, we we, we know the typical. Uh, it just seems like you always see that uh, little larger white blonde woman <laughs> in the car, but the black guy's driving her car. <laughs> you know, and I just, I, I, you know, I don't know. Do you have? Okay, let me ask you a question. Do you have a problem with interracial dating? No, like I already said, I'd, I'd I'd marry any race. You know, if if I love that person, then then that's who I'm marrying. And before I forget, you know, but, I, I want right. before just before I forget, I want to I want to throw this out there. You know, I'm a single guy. Uh, if if any black women don't believe w- you, w- w- no, listen, don't believe if any you. black women want to stand up and uh, re- respond or reply on his, on this site, do so. And you uh, couldn't handle a black woman. Uh, Hey, look, I told you I'm willing to give it a try. No, you wouldn't last. I'm a very respectful, cordial individual. and They're um, hearing you right now. They're like, no way. No, nah, I just, look, if anybody's willing to step up, go ahead and do it. No, 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 no. You couldn't. It wouldn't last, I promise. <laughs> I know you, not only from this, from what you guys hear right now, you couldn't take it. Okay. You, you couldn't take a black Well, woman. maybe not, you know, I mean, but I'm willing to at least <laughs> give it a shot. Uh, all right. Well, <laughs> um, but you, so, let, let's let's be honest. So, if you... If you have, whenever you have kids, yeah, would you let them date your daughter? Date a black man or black kid? You know. Well, I'd I'd strictly have to uh, meet the individual. You know, like I said, the the standards would probably be the same. But that's not always the case. So if your daughter if, comes, if home, he was white, no. If this guy comes up and he's and he's and he's uh, got a bunch of gold teeth and his freaking pants are, are are hanging down to his you know below his butt crack and his shoes are unlaced and you know the, the no out of there you know he's a thug whether he's white or black he's a thug she will not date a thug period okay i i don't know about that <laughs> so okay a lot of times you don't see it so if what, what would be your 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 gut feeling okay let's just say your daughter's name is barbie I don't okay know. okay is that racial? Because I just named her Barbie. Uh, or possibly. Okay. But anyway. Can it be racial if it's against a white person? That's another good topic no, we need pre- to talk about. Pre- yeah, we need okay. to get on race, <clears throat> racism versus prejudice. Yes. But anyway, so if your daughter, Becky, whatever, she comes home and you see that she's on the phone with Tyrone. Right. You see it on her phone. You see a text message. I've never heard of a white guy named Tyrone, so I guess okay. I'm stuck with Tyrone. His picture pops up. Okay, his picture pops right. up. And no, no, it's just his name, not okay. his picture, because okay. you're not going. I don't want you to see who this okay. guy is. Right. What's your gut feeling right away? Well, obviously, I want to be a little cautious. You know. Okay, why is that? Well, just because <laughs> I don't. Just what we talked about earlier. You know, it, it just you're seems stere- like so. It, you're going to automatically have stereotypes. It just seems like they like to populate and move on. You know what I mean? I mean, no, I don't know what you mean. Yeah, you do. No, I don't. A lot I of, guarantee. There's a lot of white girls out there with mixed babies, three or four mixed babies, and there's no dad in the picture. There's a lot of there's a lot of white mothers out there with white babies. Well, 
I'm, I'm going to tell you something I heard one time. Oh, boy. Now, I didn't hear it directly, oh but boy. I heard it from another individual whose sister was married to a black man. Okay. They went to a dinner, and, they, and, and this individual <clears throat> and the black man got to talking. This black man told him. And I think this guy is credible. I, I, yeah, ah, he is. This story is already he, he, he was a very well-respected individual because okay. people are thinking, oh, this guy's probably. Respected in what manner? Trust, go ahead, go very ahead. trustworthy. Okay. Right, Anyways, um, I have no reason not to believe him there. Okay. Uh, this black man told him that that's the way the black men prove manhood by how many uh, children they can bear, how many offspring they can produce. Never heard that in my life. Well, I'm, I'm just and telling I'm you what he told him. So right now. Let's take away his credibility because you just said you believe him and you, you think he has. No, I'm just saying I, I believe he told him that. Oh, yeah. He that he's he's nuts. I've, hey, he nev- I've never heard that in my life. I'm almost certain that I can tell I can I, I kind of know my, you know, know my listener. Uh, I know the population of my listeners. Right. And of course, they're black, you know, and right. a lot of them are right. black males. And I, I think that they would probably say you're nuts right now. And I think, you know, I can probably sit here and say that a lot of them are very educated and a lot of them uh, probably don't have a thousand kids out here that they're not raising. So I I think when you start looking at and start stereotyping populations as far as the culture goes, you have to get you have to stop looking off TV. And that's why, honestly, I think it's been great that we work together because I'm sure you've probably um, you've been probably. I don't know. I think I've probably shown you a different side. I hopefully I've tried just to continue to be who I am, but I don't have a thousand kids out here running around and <laughs> I don't that's not me. And I know all my close friends, they don't have a thousand kids running around. So and that's probably a group of friends of I could say ten. Right. So, and, and maybe what we are really talking about here is not when we're talking about race, maybe we're not talking about the color of the skin. Maybe we're talking more about class of people. You know, I like, don't know, like man. Maybe you know, honestly, the the ones the blacks I'm talking about are right there with white trash. You know, right there with the 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 trailer park white trash with the rebel flag hanging in the window. And I'm gonna I'm gonna <clears throat> I'm gonna fill you in a little something. I've never told you this before. But before you go on, yeah. let me tell you. In fairness, regardless if you say what you're saying, what you're saying is right. Mm-hmm. Let's just say that's the case. But the way racist whites, they put me in a category of black, regardless if I'm rich, poor, or middle class. You know, when it comes to whites, a lot of times they will look at it as class. They see, like you said, the poor white Confederate flag person, but they're not going to, at the end of the day, you know, they're still white. I'm still going to be black, regardless of if I drive up in a brand new Benz or if I drive up in the Cadillac you always talk about with tinted windows and loud music. Yeah. But go ahead with your story. But, I'm sorry. But, but on the same token, you can't categorize me. You can't classify me in that same group with those people because that's not who I am. I'm not the rebel flag flying, you know, uneducated, uh, big four wheel drive truck driving. But I don't think you know, we. I don't think, and this is a whole other topic. We can go after you tell your story, but I'm gonna just tell you, I don't think, and we've had this discussion before. I don't think blacks are raised to be racist or prejudiced or to hate people because of their color. So. I, but go ahead and tell your story, and we can touch well, on it. My, my story is this. You and I have been out before True. places, and uh, there's been some opportunities where we have either been in some sort of establishment or a residence, and there's been a rebel flag flying high, and we've encountered this individual. I 
you don't even know this, but I automatically, first thing I think of is you and what you're thinking. And then I almost become like uh, protective, like almost like a mother hen. Like, you know, hey, I'm going to step up here. And if this guy says anything, I'm the first one that's going to confront him. So I just want you to know that. I don't think I've ever told you that before. I appreciate it. Yeah, you're welcome. And uh, yeah, I, I probably noticed the flag before you did. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe. <laughs> I think there was a place we actually saw a noose hanging out one time also. Oh, no, I didn't see that. Yeah. Uh, there were noose? some nooses hanging from some trees. Yeah. What? Yeah. I don't think you were with me at time. Uh, it was okay, another okay, situation. Okay. okay but, okay. yeah. Yeah, well, let's let's okay. Let's touch on this on the subject, and and I and I firmly believe this. Okay, let me tell you a little bit. Um, my grandmother, um, eighty plus years old, she's from you know, you know the the depth of Mississippi. Still, you know, let's just say fifty, sixty years ago, still picking cotton, hardcore Southern, just you know, living that Southern life, and and the reason I. I've never in my life have heard her speak hate or teach my father and he can confirm this. And they, we as black, we are never taught to hate. We are taught to be, we are taught to be made aware of, you know, racist or someone being prejudiced towards us, but no one's ever said, don't like that person because they have white skin. And I think we, I think we've had that conversation before and you Uh felt like you disagreed with that. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I think there's those families out there, just like there's white families out there, that probably do treat, uh, you know, ra- raise you know their kids that way in some sense. Maybe they don't directly tell them, but maybe it's their actions, you know. You know, who knows? Maybe they don't associate with any white people. They don't hang out with any white people. You know, I, I don't know what the situation is, but for whatever reason, I do think there's that animosity there from the blacks to the whites just like there is from the whites to the blacks well what is the animosity from the the why why do blacks have that animosity they probably have a chip on their shoulder for things that have happened in the past that maybe the current generation of white people have nothing to do with whatsoever but for some reason we're still being uh held liable and accountable for that but i think that's just okay well i'm gonna go i'm gonna touch on that why do why are whites having a chip on their shoulder towards blacks because I think that's the whole entitlement thing. I don't think anybody deserves anything, you know. So you think blacks have an entitlement? I think there's blacks out there who feel they're entitled to certain things. There's not whites, though? So how can you put well, all sure blacks in that You're category? Just asking me, but you were asking me white to black. I'm just telling you, I think there's some blacks who feel like they're entitled to certain things. As well as there's whites. Well, exactly. So if, if whites are having a chip on their shoulder towards the blacks, I'm trying to understand why are you having that chip towards all blacks? And I don't think blacks are having I, I think blacks are being made aware. Yes, we may have a chip on our shoulder because of the injustice. And like I've always said, the the racism, the systematic raci- racism that goes on. So and I don't know if it's a chip, but I think we just understand and we know and we still see some of the the wrongs that's doing and that's still that's going on today. But I'm trying to understand why a white would have a black a chip. OK, let me ask you a question. Were you raised with kids not saying you because you've already kind of given your upbringing um, saying that, you know, the Mexican family was and I and, and, and I can I can attest to that because you have told me before. So to the listeners, he's just not bullshitting. He has told me and I think one of the guys were sick and you kind of was pretty, you know, you were pretty hard down a couple of days about that situation with the Mexican family. 
But let me ask you a question. Do you do you have um, were you raised with white kids in your town that were raised to be prejudiced towards blacks? You know, honestly, not that I can remember. Uh, None of the kids that I hung out with. Well, no, I'm not even saying the kids you hung out with. I'm not saying. I mean, I, I didn't know. That's what I'm saying. I, I don't think I was ever around any kids that I, because there wasn't an issue because there were no blacks there. You see what I'm saying? So in school, it was never even really brought up. Well, do you have any prejudice or racist people that you know now, as an adult? <sighs> not really. Not, 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 not that I can think of. I mean, you know, come on. I'm not ignorant. I know it exists out there. I mean, I'm not dumb. Do I personally know anyone who I can sit there and point a finger at and say, hey, that person's 100% racist. I know without a doubt. No, I don't know that person, you know. But uh, <clears throat> we you, know it exists. Right. So you would – you if you took me to the small town that you grew up – I know you don't live there anymore. Right. Um, if you took me to that small town, mm-hmm. every family that you know – they wouldn't budge just seeing you bring me in with you. Well, first they probably make sure that you didn't have a gun to my back, and, and I wasn't being, you know. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. You're, you're, you're probably being honest right now. <laughs> you know, I, I don't know because they, I mean, I guess they, they, they judge get... my character. You know, they know who I am, and if I have you with me, then they know that I've made a good choice, and you're probably a good guy. Okay, I, I uh, think you're stretching it here for the listeners. He's already <laughs> I'm not, said he's really not. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, okay. Here's where I think we are in today's society. I think we've came a long way because now you have, you know, a lot of coworkers are 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 mixed. You know, you have to work side by side. And what I've always said, there's, there's, it's probably impossible to be a true racist today. Right. Right. But go ahead. I'm sorry. You, you're still going to have the people you like and don't like, and they may be black, they may be white, whatever. But you know, we, we've we've had to uh, learn to coexist, and I think in doing so, we have just realized that hey, man, this is it's no different than just a white person that I'm a friend with. You know, they just this just happens. They just happen to have a different color skin. You know. Go ahead. Well, you're going to associate with people that you have things in common with, and that's really what it boils down to. Okay. You know. I mean, I get that. I would choose you over a lot of white people. I mean, right. because right. I have nothing in common with them. I do have things in common with you, you know. At the end of the day, that's how it is for me, at least. Gotcha. You gotcha. know, I can't speak for other white people, but for me, that's how it is. If I like you, I like you, and I got your back. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, um, have you have you ever used the N-word? Mm, I've said it before, like... Um, you know, maybe repeating it on a show. Um, Never in anger? No, absolutely not. Being honest. <laughs> okay. Do you know anyone who's ever used the N-word? Like oh, in yeah. front of you, like just being Yeah, I've, heard, I've heard guys say it. I don't like How'd that make you feel? Uh, I mean, did you just kind of be like, oh, whatever? Or I mean, it didn't really affect me too much. Um I prefer to use the term black. I don't like using the term African-American. I think it's me personally. I, I just feel like it's, you know, I just would choose not to use that. Okay. Um, I like to use black and, you know, hopefully that's not offensive, but I don't like the N word, um, you know, but I'm not going to bend over backwards to reward. You know, I just I think where white people come from and you say they might have a chip on their shoulder against blacks. 
is because I think maybe they're seeing the wrong blacks. Maybe that's part of it. You know, when you got representatives like Jesse Jackson and Al Sharpton and Louis Farrakhan, and it's just like nothing's ever good enough, and we're going to do this, and we're going to protest this, and you hear stories about them going into these big corporations and wanting money, and if they don't give it to them, then they're going to they're going to boycott their product and deem this company as a racist company. I mean, come on, man, we don't need that. I, well, okay, and I and I have to answer. I have to I have to respond to that because I mean, I think that um, I've. I think the people you're talking about have been spokesmen for uh, the black community at certain times. You know, I think that these guys step up when certain things happen into the black community that they become the voice of the black community. So I don't get how, you know, that will why do you have a problem with that? If, If there's a voice that needs to be heard and that one person needs to be the voice, that's what happens. And a lot of times I know I know. I've been, you know, initially I used to think Al Sharpton, um, I think Louis Farrakhan's a very intelligent guy. I used to think that Al Sharpton was almost an ambulance chaser. But then there was times that he was stepping up and a lot of the things that he's been doing behind the scene, that he has been the spokesman for blacks. So do you not think that we need that for for situations such as, let's just say, um, Trayvon Martin situation? I know you probably side with. I mean, that's a whole nother conversation. We'll right. Get we into. could talk about that forever. But do you not think that we as the black community need that voice to speak for us for the injustices that's going on? Well, and see that, that right there, you had to throw that in injustices. I mean, you know, that's that's, that's come, your that's your perception. That's you when know? they show up. But let me give you an example. Well, hang on. I, I, let me address that first. Um, myself and I, I can't like I said, I can't speak for all whites, but I do think White people in general like to hold people accountable for their actions. And so do blacks. Well, listen, let me finish, please. Like if a white guy was breaking the law and he was doing something illegal and all of a sudden the police uh, got involved, I don't care if they're white or black cops, got involved. And as a result, this individual just happens to get shot. Well, you know what? You dumbass white guy, you shouldn't have been doing breaking the law to begin with. That's how we perceive it. But 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 it, but it seems like when it's the other way around, you guys, it seems like somehow. But you guys blacks? Mean? Well, the, the black community, okay. it just seems like that you have a blind eye that this person was doing something that they shouldn't have been doing. And then when something happens as a result, maybe they get killed. It's Then all of a sudden it's, oh, my God, just a white cop shot a black person. This is wrong. You know, we got to. You know, that's bullshit. Okay, it's not bullshit because this is why. I don't think black the black community never – we don't excuse wrongdoing. What happens is, for an example, okay. Eric Gardner was oh. selling cigarettes. He was selling single cigarettes outside of the store. We both agree, and the majority of the black community will agree, okay. that's wrong. He, the, he had, let's, let's just say he's already, he had already been warned for that one. Okay, so, okay. We, we, we're getting okay. there. All right. Eric Gardner, he's he. We all agree. We can all both of us agree right here that he was wrong in that right. situation. Should he have been approached by the cops? Yes. Mm-hmm. Should he have been arrested by the cops? Yes, because he's breaking the law. Right. Now, let's get to the situation why blacks are in an uproar. Okay. A police officer, they they take him down. They do whatever they need to do as cops. Mm-hmm. Now the cop gives him an illegal chokehold. That's illegal in the state of New York. Okay. The guy does not go to trial. He does not get convicted of anything of any wrongdoing. 
that's the uproar that the black community has. That's the wrong. That's when the Al Sharptons, that's when the Jesse Jacksons, they become the spokesman for the black community. So I don't think blacks are saying if a, there's there's a lot of crime that goes on to where blacks. Hey, man, if a guy's wrong, he's wrong. He uh-huh. gets th- that goes on all the time. Right. But when we have situations like we've had in the last five years, the Mike Browns, the Trayvon Martins, the Eric Gardner's, the Freddie Gibbs, or not Freddie Gibbs, that's a rapper, but Freddie, uh, the guy down in D.C., um, Freddie Gray, Freddie mm-hmm. Gray. When we have these situations, that's when the black community says, hey, this is wrong. <laughs> Again, though, you know, that that man who was selling cigarettes out front had a choice. He decided his choice was, we I'm going to go break the law. We agree. Okay. Okay. I'm going to go break the law. Gotcha. So that could have all been avoided, correct? Yes, yes. I, I mean. That it all could have been avoided. Yes. I, I'm, not, know, I'm not disagreeing with you on right. that. Right. It just so happens. I don't think any black person in right. the black community disagrees with you on that. You know, and then all of a sudden, we want to call cops to come and take care of a problem. And then when the cops can't take care of a problem, then all of a sudden we get upset. You know. The way they handle it. So do you think that the black community would have had a problem if they would have arrested him, not put a legal chokehold on him, and put him in jail? Do you think we would have had a problem with that? Probably not to that extent. Absolutely not. We wouldn't have had a problem with it. Okay. Would because you, they would, wouldn't have killed him. Let me ask him. you this. Would the, white, or would the black community have had a problem if that would have been a 400-pound white guy out there that did the exact same thing? The problem that we have— Would that is, have been wrong? Would you have guys have came— up for air if they would have put an illegal chokehold on a 400-pound white guy and killed him. The problem is— You're not answering my question. Okay. I mean, I'm sure. If it's injustice, it's injustice. I'm sure that people would have uh, be in an uproar, which a lot of things that goes on in in America, everyone is wrong that's wrong. But I think what's happened, it's just been a continuing— like in the last, let's just say, five years, it's been case after case that cops get off or people get off for wrongdoing. And it just so happens to be that they're black. I mean, I think we, I think we can both agree that, yes, there's wrongdoing. But what we need to agree on that if the cop does something, he needs to pay his pay for it just as well as anyone else doing anything wrong right i don't think a cop gets excused for doing wrong just because they're cops well let's take the freddie gray right is that the one uh broke his neck yes okay it all started with him doing something wrong correct yes okay and then he resisted arrest correct ran from ran from the police okay and during the struggle of apprehending him he just happened to get his neck broke now tell me how that is wrong. What, you throw him in the back of a van when the guy's already complaining about, you know, possible. In that situation, you know this protocol. Protocol meaning if there's someone hurt in that situation, regardless if it's broken back, broken neck, whatever it is, they need the paramedics and need to be, go to the hospital, and then they get arrested at the hospital. That did not happen in that situation. They threw the man in the back of a van, and he died en route because they didn't take proper and, and this is the thing. Okay, say they didn't know protocol. They didn't know. They thought they were doing what's right. But they did wrong, and nothing happened to those cops. Well. So that's what I'm saying. I, I think you and I view that different. I think you and I view the justice system different, not not because they're black or white. Because if I had been a white person, my, my whole attitude toward that would have been, well, you know what? 
That's what happens. That's a risk you take when you choose to, you know, re- refuse law enforcement and resist arrest. You may get your damn neck broke. You shouldn't have been, you know, screwing up in the begin with. That's what you get. You know, don't break the law. You don't have to worry about the consequences. So that's how I look. So at are it. you saying you're saying like this? If a person breaks the law, the cops have the right to do whatever it takes, whatever they need to do. No, they should. Ha- they shouldn't have any protocol or law. That they have to conduct. Are you saying that? I'm not saying if a person gets pulled over for a speeding ticket, the cop has the right to come up and shoot him in the head. So absolutely you, not. You think you think that um, Eric Gardner? You think that cop was right choking him with an illegal choke? Cops are. There's a reason why cops are, are trained. First of all, he was a very large individual. They tried to listen. Okay. Here's the other thing. I watched the video. I did too. We watched it together. They tried to put him in handcuffs. Hey, I agree. It would have been over at that point. But why is that choke illegal? He's the one that resisted and started to turn around and refused that. Okay. So they got him down. He is a very large man. It okay. Took, what, how many did it take? Five, well, six okay, guys to hold him down? Let's not relive this whole situation. Still fighting the cops. Do you think he, he should have – do you think that that cop should have at least went to trial? First of all, I think the cop – had to do whatever they had to do to subdue that an illegal su- choke subject so what he, if they just was, said well let's pull out was, our guns and he shoot was him. still resisting and still fighting so what if they pulled out so they should have just pulled their guns out and shot him i'm not a cop <laughs> well your, your opinion <laughs> that's illegal thing it, is it, if he would have quit fighting they wouldn't have had to do that you I know you. we're just not gonna at the end of the yeah, day yeah, agree this. we've, we've right. had this we've debate had this before. discussion we're just, just trying to let the listeners disagree and it and like i said to me it's not a color issue it's a whole you know, it's it's more of a respect for law enforcement gotcha. issue, but, respect for authority. Okay, let's get back. Let's get back to um, the. You know, we talked about the Jesse Jackson and uh, Al Sharptons, and you said the Louis Farrakhan's. Mm-hmm. Do you not think? Once again, do you not think that we should have a voice in the community, especially being a minority? We have to have someone that speaks up for us in these situations. Do you not think that's right? Oh, I have no, I have no problem whatsoever. Uh, to have someone representing um, a race, a culture, a religious group, whatever. I, I don't have any problem with that. But <clears throat> I think sometimes it gets a little extreme and excessive. And if there's such good people, then represent multiple groups, multiple organizations, you know, not just blacks. But I think they, I mean, I think they do. I mean, I think that their focus is the black community because they have been uh the voice of the black community so i mean i think they do a lot of positive things as well as becoming the spokesman for when the heat's on so i i think you know i think we just have to look at what's needed in times of you know in times that we that we're talking about now and i think those guys become that become that spokesman so anyway um let's 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 talk about i i wanted to talk about uh like current situations that's going on right now. Have you been paying attention to the um, the Missouri situation with the president stepping down? And no, oh yeah, I'm paying attention. To that. No, I haven't. Seen okay, it I, I guess, let me get this. Let me try to see if I can get this right. I guess I can get your opinion on it. So, um, uh, the the president of um, the university stepped down just as of recently. I think it's been within the last few days. Okay. What happened was, I guess there was some, there's been some um, racial tension going on in the university. Uh, A lot of students have been approaching uh, the president and, you know, just administration. And there really wasn't anything that's been done recently. Well, throughout this amount of time. So 
uh, a grad student, he he came to his dorm and someone had put a, a swastika on his on his uh, dorm wall with feces. Okay. So you know, once again, took it to the president. Nothing happened. So he depend he he decided to go on a hunger strike speaking against you know the university he went he went on a hunger strike saying i'm gonna stay on this hunger strike until the president steps down he went on i wish i had the exact amount of time that he went on so a lot of the black football players joined in on this Mm -hmm. because of they've known and all the tension that's been going on on campus so once the black once the football players stepped in they they said we're not we're not joining any football activities you know until the president steps down um it was a, it was a success. Okay. Black students on campus all joined together. Football players joined in, and the president stepped down. Mm-hmm. What's your initial feeling off that? Just I'm sure I had some loopholes and some I missed some of the facts. Right. But just, just, I just kind of wanted to give it right. to you. Just, just a general. A, yeah. General cons- uh, consensus. Um, yeah. There's there's no need for that type of hate, in my opinion. You know, in this world, I mean, you know. Do you think he sh- would have should have stepped down? If 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 things were being brought to his attention over and over and he wasn't doing the proper procedures or at least investigating the, the situations, then, yeah, sure. I mean, he's not doing his job. Any Anybody who's not doing their job, you know, they're going to get fired or let go. So, absolutely. Okay. But but here but here's here's my thing. Okay. And this I is, knew there was a but. Let's go. Well, let's go. no. This, <laughs> this is uh, this isn't just for the black community. This okay. is for I think the junk the the generation the younger generation that we're bringing up today. Um, at some point in time, we've got to quit being so offended by things. We have to get thick skin, learn to suck it up, and move on. And uh, I think we're becoming a society of a bunch of freaking babies. And I can just tell you my own personal upbringing, the way I was raised. Um, if I came to my father or my mother and I said, you know, hey, so-and-so called me, you know, whatever name. You know, and they'd be like, okay, are you, are you fine? Well, yeah, I'm fine. Are, are, are you bleeding? No, I'm not bleeding. You know, are you still alive? Yes. Okay, it's just a name. Suck it up. Get over it. You know, okay. And, and I've always been taught that, you know, suck it up. Move on. You know, don't let those people bring you down. Don't let a little name, even if it's, you know, an uh, offensive name to you, whatever it is, you know, the redneck, honky, you know, the N-word, whatever. You know, I know it's offensive to you, but... You know what? As individuals, we finally have to say, "Hey, it's not a big deal." But I think it's I think it's okay for you to say that because this, and we've talked about this before. I think you you compare the word redneck, honky, those type of words. You you compare them to the word nigger, and they're not comparable. I think that it's that those words, the, you you know, the honky, the redneck, those words didn't come with pain. Those words didn't come with death. Those words. Didn't, I think the only thing that a white person can be called that they take offense to as well as we take offense to the word nigger is a racist. If I call you a racist, you would take offense to that. Correct. Well, sure. If I'm not. Yeah, know. exactly. So I think that's like if I call you a honk, you're redneck. You'd be like, what, the, what is this dude talking about? But if I say racist to a white person, that initial feeling of where did it get in defense mode and just like the anger that comes across, I think that's, and it's still not compared to the word nigger that we, the same pain we feel because that's, it's deep. So I think just to say, you know, suck it up. I think we have been sucking up a lot of stuff throughout 
you know, throughout time a lot. We had to suck it up just because, hey, this is something that we have to deal with just because, you know, we are black. Well, and and, and maybe so uh, a couple things. First of all, I, I don't know any opportunities that I have that you haven't had. In fact, you've probably got more benefits and opportunities than I have now being black. Disagree. Th- th- than a white male. I disagree. Um, <laughs> I'm just saying. You're going to go with the United Negro College Fund. No, I, know, no, no. I know that's where you're headed. It, it, you've you brought know, that up before. But but anyways. Well, well um, give me give me some examples of that. I mean, what do you think that we've had, us as blacks, have, I guess, benefits? Well, affirmative action, first of all. Affirmative action. An employer, employer is told they have to hire so many of. Do you, you know, know who affirmative action affects, who, who benefits off affirmative action the most? Who? White women. Why is that? Because affirmative action, if you look at affirmative action, is for any minority. Right. It's not only blacks, including women. So a black a female stu- would be the number no, one. No, there's been a study done, and white women have benefited off affirmative action more than anyone. Now, I have an actual so, case here. Okay. My father, many, many years ago, gotcha. tried out for a point. He, now, keep in mind, he was a military veteran. Okay. Tried to get a postal job. Took the civil service exam. Scored very well in the exam. Black female got the job ahead of him who did not score as high as him on the test. And he was told they had to because of the whole affirmative action. So she got hired ahead of him. But do you not think, I mean, and I know, I, I get where you're going with that. Well, my, my thing is. But do you not think companies should be well diverse, well, you know, well diverse? Affirmative action was started for a reason. I don't think they should have to hire people based on the color of their skin. That's the whole thing that. that that's been the whole issue all these years. Don't judge a person by the color of their skin. But their skin you has know. been judged. That's why things like affirmative action had to be put in place. Because companies were not hiring blacks because it was systematic racism. But don't you see how that can almost hurt you, though? How can what hurt People me? can be offended by that. Yeah, I, you know, I have to hire. How, I mean, you know, how many companies? would you rather be hired because you're an upstanding individual? Because I know you could walk in, you could present yourself well. Jones, you could present yourself well. You're very well spoken. You, you you have a lot of intellect, and I'm convinced. But if companies did not have, you to could have sell a, yourself enough to get that job. But if companies did not have a quota, what was happening before affirmative action came in? It was the whole nepotism. It was I don't want to hire you because you're black. That was going on. That's why that was put in place. You know. So well, I, I'm just trying to express no, how, no, no, how some you. of the resentments are, are starting to come up. You know, and I don't think it's just whites, but you know. Maybe it is because we're not technically the minorities. You know some of the things that are coming up. Yeah, you know, majority how of the companies start, are fully white. So how, how can how a white can company start complain? to resent some certain things from the black from the black side? You know, but I bet if you looked at that at the time your your father applied for the post office, I bet you it was probably only she probably was the only black woman out of probably let's just say a company of a hundred. But tell me how that's fair. Black to, woman, tell me how that's fair to him. How's it fair for blacks? I'm sure that more than one black person applied. But why is why did she get the job when she didn't score as well? And he's a military veteran, fought for our country. I mean, I don't, I, I can't go back to that. Well, time. right. I'm just know. saying. But, but what I'm saying is, is that, I mean, so do you think it's fair for a company to say, "Hey, um, and you know, m- multiple blacks apply for that company"? Let's just say okay. they have, and you look at it. Let's say it's a company of a hundred people. Okay. And one white, I mean, one black woman, and you know, a couple black guys in that. That percentage is so low. Is that fair? And well, you know, like you said, there's probably been a lot of black men and a black women who have applied that's been probably overqualified and qualified. Is right. that fair? I, 
I don't know the statistics on that. You heard me. But that's why you affirmative know my action opinion, was created. But you know my opinion. We've talked about this. Mm-hmm. In my opinion, there should be no box where you mark. There should be no uh, – the first step should not be an interview process. It should be you write your qualifications down, you take a test, you, you fill out a, a resume, and they judge you based on your qualifications, you know. That, that's my own personal opinion. Uh, if you really truly I don't the think you agree with that. that job, I don't think you agree with that. That's what you should do. I don't think you agree with that because you're so firm on character and the way a person conducts themselves. Right. But at least that gets you in the door. That that eliminates, you know, that I have to do this for this reason or that. At least I get a good face. I, I know what you're about. I've seen your credentials. And now we can sit down. I, can, I know kind of what you're about. And I can sit there and really take you serious now. Okay. Across the table from you, and we can have a. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. You know, that's how but I think your, it But your perception be. is going to, as soon as that person walks in, you're going to perceive them as soon as you see the color of their skin. You can't not sit here and say that's not going to happen. Okay. I, I do know this. Um, there was a fire department. I'm not going to say where it was at, but their um, the issues got brought up that they weren't hiring enough blacks, and what the chief had to finally tell them was when we had these tryouts. Let's say a hundred guys showed up, there might only be three right. black guys out of a hundred people, I got you. I got and they you. were, you know, the, the the issue was getting brought up. Why aren't there more blacks on the department? You know, that's well, not, you know that's what not I a can, white issue. But that's you know what I can say. Issue. You know what I can say as a black person, then, like, well, are you reaching out to blacks? Are you going to um, job fairs? Are you reaching out to? Letting people know that you are hiring as a fire department. It was in the newspapers how they advertised it. <laughs> well, that's why a lot of companies go out and they reach out to. But should you black, have to? Should you have to bend over oh, backwards and cater to? Well, no, it's you know, they're, they're grown people. They're well, grown people. Okay, this is the thing. I think in all situations, you have to say, you have to make it available. You have to say, because this is the thing. If you're saying, hey, it's in the paper, you know, who reads the paper nowadays? Well, well, well this, this chief Only, also went on to say that. Uh, they have an open door policy. All you got to do is walk up and but if ask you're for not, an application. If you're not reaching out and you're putting your availability out into the places of different cultures and different, like for example, why wouldn't you go to a job fair? Why wouldn't you go to, um, you know, black universities and reach out to those? Well, how do the white students? people know about it? Um, you I'm know just, what I'm saying? Because there's other, there's just, other. <laughs> let's just say it's a department of. Um, uh, 200 people right if it's a, a department of 200 people okay there's probably like you said there's probably 90 percent white that's how the other white guys are finding out because hey man we're hiring well and the other issue was there was another department that got scrutinized for the same thing and they had to explain to them that one of our policies is we don't hire people with felonies so they weren't qualified you know they, they weren't yeah, 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 yeah. so i know, know a lot of police departments i and just fire don't like i don't that. like it when places get deemed you know, you know what I would tell. When, you know what I would tell that chief. People don't know the whole story. I would tell that chief. You probably need a diversity trainer. You need someone out there that understands diversity, and you need someone out there that's going to be able to reach out and reach out to these different communities. And then now they can't hold that against you. Like, hey, we've been to this job fair. We reached out to all these other communities. Now we only have three blacks that showed up. But if I say, hey, I just put it in a paper. Who reads the paper? Fifty-year-old. You know, majority. I I can't tell you the last time. Yeah, I, I believe they also use radio, but they they tried to advertise. I got, the you, I got you. But it, you know. I would just probably question the route on how they tried to advertise it. You know, so I mean, that's a whole. You know, different. look, look. I'm at, sure at the end of the day, you and I have had this discussion on um, career advancement before. 
you know, we've had we have had career advancement discussions. Um, I was not born with a silver spoon in my mouth. Everything I have, I had to work for. I, you know, I worked at a Kroger grocery store. Then I worked at a home for mis- mid- mentally and physically handicapped kids. I had to pay my way through college, you know, and then, but I didn't settle for that job at Kroger. I didn't settle for that job. Then I got hired, you know, at a, at a medical facility. And then finally, I'm at where I'm at now because I just didn't settle. I worked my butt off to get where I'm at. And so did you. You weren't I, born with a silver I, spoon in your mouth. No, not you at know. all, man. But I, 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 I still have to, I guess, you know, I have to disagree somewhat on the whole pull your bootstraps up mentality because at the end of the day, I think that a lot of times the people that use that comment, you know, just pull your bootstraps up and work hard. You know, a lot of times they're leaving out the fact that there was uh, a lot of uh, a lot of hands helping hands to help those people get to wherever they are to where other people aren't don't they don't have those crutches or they don't have those hands available for them. So me working hard, we can work the same. We can give the same effort. But if you have that helping hand of, you know, so he knows someone that knows someone that's going to get you that job. Mm-hmm. We work the same. We got the same grades. We got the, we study the same amount. We got the same test score. Mm-hmm. But you had that helping hand. So pulling your bootstraps up was a little bit different than me having to pull my bootstraps up because we you can't we worked hard. We, we did the same amount of work, but you just had to help a hand. Not saying you. I'm just saying people who use that. Just pull your bootstraps up and you'll you'll be successful. I don't I don't know how true that is all the time. Well, regardless if it's true or not, I, I think you still have to have that mentality. In oh, life. for sure. I agree. Work your butt off. I agree. You know, work your butt off. But we have to look at the individuals out there claiming the people who's not as successful as them or who's still working hard and maybe failed. We can't look down on them because what happens is, hey, man, you had two hands helping you. I had zero. So now, now it, I know we got to wrap this up. Yeah. yeah you yeah. know, I got to get going. But I just want to go back and address one more thing. You know, when you were talking about the word nigger, you know, I guess what offends a lot of white people is. I know where you're going. And I want you to explain this to me because I honestly. <laughs> it's a whole other podcast. I'm sure. Well, just real. If, un, if in I a, can in say a brief, it, why can't you say it? No, 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 not that. But the whole. Yeah, exactly. Like all these rap songs. And they're saying, I've heard, oh, well, no, they're not saying nigger. They're saying nigga. Okay, man, look, if that word's that bad and that terrible and so evil, it shouldn't be spoken by anyone. Period. Well, I, I see the GGA, the GGER. I, I asked a whole nother podcast, but you know, just to give short answer on that, to answer your question, I think when a person says nigger and if it's coming from a person of, I, I don't think I've ever called anyone nigger. I've always said, you know, I've, I've used the word nigger. I have, but I think when a person used the word nigger, it's coming from a harmful place. It's coming from a place of hate. So, and and a lot of times if a white person says, well, if 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 I can if you can say it, why can't I say it? My question back is, why do you want to say it? I always why do you want to say that? But I think just like like just a quick answer, man, I, I, I think the difference is one is coming from a place of hate. Like uh, when a person says you nigger, they're coming from a place of pain, a place of you know, I want to hurt you with these words. So, right. I, like I said, that's a whole nother podcast. So, but, but briefly, just since we're here, so <laughs> how would you take it if I walked up and say, "Hey, what's up, my nigga?" Like that. Um, first of all, I think that's out of character of you. Um, okay, but it just, I would, I would, I didn't use the er. I said um, nigga. So let's. Well, how about this? Let's just. And like it just give you a high, you know, get, you know, give you a little skin high well, five. Hey, what's I mean, up, nigga? I mean, I would like bro. You know, I mean, yeah. So, I mean, so would you I be would, offended by that? Oh, no, no doubt. 
You would be. Yeah, because one, it's out of character. Two, I mean, I would, you know, I would, I would not be okay with it. You know, now if we're at, let's just say, me and you, you go to a, um, let's say, I'm going to a a rap concert, and I'm like, Yo, Connor, let's roll, man. You want to go? Because I know you right. like this artist. Right. And the artist is singing, and he's. You know how you know how artists, uh, regardless if it's a rap artist or whoever it is, and they're rapping and they say the verse and they put it to the crowd, and you say it in that way, I I can't get mad. But if yeah. you walk up to me, what's up, my nigga? I'm like, hold on, wait. You know, honestly, I don't, we don't we're not comfortable. I mean, we're comfortable with each other, but not enough to where I'm okay with that. Now, some blacks may be cool with that, right? But you know, me personally. Right. But as far as going back to the difference between you know, right, nigga and nigger. You know, I think, you know, when you start using the word nigger, I think that's coming from, like, a very harsh place. Well, and you know what? I know we got to go, man. But one more thing that offends us is, you know, black power is allowed. But if you say white power, it's automatically racist. And I just, I I got issues. I got, I hate double standards, man. It's either right or it's wrong. I hear black power and it's fine. People can wear it on their shirts. Where do you hear black power? Oh, I hear it all the time. Oh man, I don't, I don't know. Anyways, okay, yeah, bro. Anyways. Okay, but hold on. Let me. I, 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 I try to do a thing, and I think I started it in one episode. I think I do with uh, it's called story time. And um, well, first, let me thank you. You know, I, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of questions. You may have to come back. <laughs> <laughs> you may have to come back. I try to cover everything I could, guys. And uh, within an hour, it's hard. We kind of jumped around, but I just tried to get basically what I wanted to do in this podcast, uh, this episode. I'm sorry. I kind of wanted to, I guess, I guess, I guess I could have came on with a little bit. Some people probably may, may not have, think I've defended enough, but I kind of wanted to just basically let Connor express and kind of just kind of baby see, see through the eyes of Connor, a white man, you know, and I just kind of wanted him to, I wanted to let him talk. And I, I of course I rebutted on some of the things, but I, I just wanted him to, you know, let us see. Maybe, you know, just from the words, I know we probably have a lot of uh, we we guess sometimes and we just probably perceive what whites say. But please, once again, follow the account. There's a there's a follow button like this episode comment. There's a comment section. So if there's a piece of the there's a piece of the episode that you want to comment, you can comment on the um, SoundCloud um, what I'm going to do now is um, I think this is, we I, I wanted to do story time on on my podcast episode. So this is a the the segment of the story. I'm gonna give it. I know Connor's talked enough. He may say something else that's gonna sound racist. So <laughs> well, just, just just don't forget to have any women on their comments that oh, want to go out with the white guy here. She know, they all know right now. Just, just, like, just hell no. You know, just talking. Just not, just do it. Okay, here's my story. All right. Um, a husband and wife, this is a true story. A husband and wife, um, they, they were going to Vegas for their anniversary. Um, the husband was really the one who picked this trip. Uh, it's a white couple. Um, he picked this trip because he liked to gamble. The wife really didn't. She wanted to enjoy Vegas to some of the shows. And, um, he, they made an agreement the first day when they went out to the when it went out, she was like, hey, babe, I'm going to let you gamble when we first get there. I'm going to go walk around. I'm going to go, you know, go up to the room and just watch TV, do a few things while you gamble. But promise me that we will go to, go to dinner when it's, you know, dinner time. He said, promise. Let's do it. Go ahead. Have fun. So the husband goes down and gamble. The wife is starting to get close to dinner time. So the wife is walking down in the lobby. She finds her husband at a slot machine. 
she goes to the slot machine and she's like, hey, babe, it's almost dinner time. You promise. I know you're winning. He had, you know, in Vegas, you get the you get the bowls like the to put your coins in. So she he was like, all right, babe, just I don't let's I'm a, I'm a gamble a little bit more. Take these upstairs. I know you want to go. I'm not going to cash them in. So he's like, all right. So she um, heads back through the lobby to head to the elevator. And as she's going to the elevator, she sees uh, two black guys. One is huge, six five, six six black guy. The other one's a um, a medium sized guy. So she, of course, naturally, she's from small town. I, I think I think that, I think the story. She's from Iowa. So she kind of looks and hesitates, like, "Oh, they're headed towards the elevator with me." So she kind of grips her her coin bucket, and she's like, "Well, man, I have to go upstairs. She don't want to make it too obvious. So I'm gonna get on. I'm not gonna say anything. I'm gonna just look straight ahead." pick my floor, whatever, whatever. So as she walking, she said she noticed the black guys kind of seen her acting kind of funny. So they kind of looked at each other, whatever, whatever. So they all get on the elevator. It's just them three. So the lady hits her floor, turns straight ahead, looks at the elevator, doesn't budge. Um, the black guy, she said she kind of heard a smirk in the background, the black guys. So one of the guys, the black guy said, hey, hit the floor. The lady screams. She throws up all her coins, screams, take it all. You can have it all. And she says she opens her eyes and the both of the black guys are looking at her like, what are you talking? Lady, I'm telling my buddy to hit the floor that we're going to. And she's just like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry, whatever, whatever. So the guys help her up, kind of help her put her coins on. And she's still just real startled. So they was like, ma'am, can we help you to your room? And she's like, sure. I'm so sorry, guys. I'm embarrassed. They help her to her room. She gets in her room and shuts the door. She she hears them bust out laughing. Ah. So anyway, husband comes up. They go to dinner. And uh, they go to dinner. She tells her husband all about what happened. She's just still embarrassed. So the next morning, there's a knock at the door. And it's, uh, it's, a, dozen, it's a dozen roses. And there's a card. In the card, she opens up the card. It says, thanks for the greatest laugh we've ever had in a long time. Michael Jordan and Eddie Murphy. <laughs> That's pretty good, man. <laughs> True story. That's this is good. a yeah. I, I was I learned this that, that story was told to us in a psychology class. It was basically talking about people, it's, and it was very relevant to this um, episode because it talks about people, you know, being um, just automatically judgment. And this is the biggest basketball store in the world, and at the time, one of the biggest, you know, um, comedians. So. But anyway, um, that's story time for today. Hope you guys enjoyed it. <laughs> um, once again, um, I'm continuing to beat this guys, beat this in you guys' head. Follow the podcast, click the heart to like it, and you guys will get the updated next week. I think Talia is going to come back. Hopefully, she will. Um, we got a pretty good uh, episode coming up. I'm gonna try to get these out at least every week or every week and a week and a half. And I hope you guys will enjoy it. Any topics, please uh, leave me an email um, on SoundCloud. SoundCloud, There is a a way to leave emails. Uh, If you have any questions for uh, Connor, uh, any more questions that you want me to ask him, please do that. Um, Comment in the comment section. All right. Thanks for listening. The stakes is high. Peace.